You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Chicago Bears fans, welcome to the first ever playoff edition of my T-Formation Conversation podcast. My name is Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. I am the editor-in-chief at SB Nation's Windy City Gridiron, and my show is part of the Windy City Gridiron podcast channel, which you can find anywhere that you get your podcast. so subscribe to the show right now. Let's jump right into it, because that was a masterful performance by the Bears on Sunday against the Vikings. I just want to touch on this really quick before I get into the main event here, but, but that was a game the Vikings desperately needed, and the Bears ripped their heart out from the start. It was a quick three and out forced by Chicago's defense, followed by an easy touchdown drive by the Bears' offense, and that was powered by the running game. And, and the message was sent that Chicago intended to go for the jugular on this afternoon. Minnesota's offense started off by going three and out on their first four possessions. They had no answer for Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Roquan Smith, and company. You know, they only had the ball for four and a half minutes in that first quarter as the Bears' offense just played keep away. It was 13-3 at the half, and even though the Vikes got a touchdown in the third quarter, they pulled it to 13-10. Watching the game, I never felt the Bears were in danger of losing. They just seemed to have control of everything. You know, it was, like I said, it was close. It just something felt different about that team. And, and, and so, 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 like I said, it was 13-10, and Chicago answered that touchdown with a huge 16-play, 75-yard drive of their own. Uh, they got a touchdown, and they fouled that up with another fun and exciting two-point conversion. This one on a, a Mitchell Trubisky to Nick Kwiatkowski pass. Trubisky to Kwiatkowski, that's a beautiful Chicago thing. It had to have all of our Grabowskis in Chicago overjoyed with that one. The bottom line is this. The Bears bullied the Vikings around in their own house, and it was a beautiful sight. They kicked the Vikings out of the playoff spot just two weeks from doing the same thing to the Packers. That's a great a, a, a great double Packer-Viking elimination. Great to see. The NFC North champion Bears, they look to be around for a while. Young core, uh, an innovative head coach. While the Packers looking for new leadership, the Vikings just mailed it in in a must-win game. Uh, and then their expensive quarterback got into it on the sideline with their top receiver, which is very a very memeable moment uh, for Bears fans there. It's just an exciting time right now for fans. And, but this team is not done yet. Uh, you, heard, you heard head coach Matt Nagy talk about it in the postgame afterwards. You know, the business is still at hand. Let's get it done. Philadelphia Eagles are coming to Soldier Field. Wild card weekend. And this is not the same team from a year ago that won the Super Bowl. Um, sure, some of their players are still the same. But, but this Eagles team had to fight and scrap just to get into the postseason at 9-7 and seven as a wild card. Last year's team was 13-3. and three. They had the first round bye. You know, they were more or less a favorite. Yeah, the Falcons looked good last year, but the Eagles were one of the top teams in the NFL all year long last year. This year, not so much. But then again, maybe that makes this Eagles team a little more dangerous. Maybe this team's like a wounded animal backed into a corner. Um, the playoff experience will be a plus for the Eagles. Um, that's that's a given. 
But honestly, they had not faced a defense like this Bears defense all year long. Chicago, we know how they are. They are an opportunistic defense. Uh, They led the league in takeaways. They're one of the best defenses in the league all year long. And head coach Matt Nagy, he knows Eagles quarterback Nick Foles, who was in for injured Carson Wentz. He knows Foles very well. Uh, He coached him in Philly uh, and in Kansas City when he was a member of Coach Andy Reid's coaching staff. So, so with Matt Nagy, he knows the offensive scheme in Philadelphia because he spent a lot of time coaching, like I said, with Reed alongside current Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. Um, and the two of them are really close. You know, Nagy and Peterson, they talk, uh, they text all the time. Uh, uh, Matt Nagy is kind of following the same path that Peterson was on where he left the, uh, the, 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 the umbrella of Reed there in KC. He went into Philly, won a Super Bowl. Matt Nagy now is on the same path. Well, he wins the next. Uh, the next step is winning this, the the big game. We'll see what happens here. But but like I said, he knows the offensive scheme over there, and and he did say that it's not the same offense. It has evolved, you know, since since they've worked together uh, in KC. But he does know a lot of the concepts, and and Peterson, uh, on the same token, knows enough of Matt Nagy's concepts to make that a very interesting chess match between the two head coaches. It's going to basically be Peterson's offense versus Vic Vic Fangio's defense. But I think the X factor and all that is going to be how well Nagy knows Nick Foles. On the other side of the ball, it's going to be Nagy's offense for the Bears against Jim Schwartz's defense for Philadelphia. And everything Schwartz wants to do starts up front with getting pressure. Um, you know, Bears fans, we know a lot about Schwartz from his time in, in Detroit. He likes to run that wide nine. He likes to get after the quarterback. He likes to do a lot of pressure up front. But but he wants to do that by, like I said, with those front four while playing zone behind him. So, if the Bears can keep defensive tackle Fletcher Cox under control, kind of like they did with uh, with the Rams' Aaron Donald a few weeks ago, then I like the chances for Trubisky to find some holes in that zone. Philadelphia's secondary has had some injuries. Excuse me there. Uh, and, and they have uh, actually ex-Bears starting in a few spots. Corey Graham starting a safety form when he was in Chicago. He was kind of a special teamer cornerback, uh, but he's moved on. He's now been bounced around the league a few times. He, he won a ring last year in Philly, but he's starting a safety for them. And, and ex-Bear Cravon LeBlanc, um, he's been playing nickelback for them. He was with Detroit earlier this season. They cut him. He bounced around, and he landed in Philadelphia, and now he's having a big role on that defense. And, you know, I always liked LeBlanc. Uh, he was kind of like a, a poor man's Bryce Callahan. The two of them kind of battled for that nickel spot in Chicago. Callahan came out on top. The Bears didn't believe in LeBlanc long-term. They let him go. I was a little surprised they didn't bring him back to the practice squad because, like I said, I, I had I did like what I've seen from LeBlanc you know, during his time in Chicago, but for whatever reason, they, they felt to go a different direction. And uh, But now he's playing a big role in Philadelphia. He's trying to win a ring, win a ring with them. But Chicago's pass pro, um, sticking with the uh, – what, the, what Philly wants to do. Chicago's pass pro has been really good this year, and, and they seem to have rise to the occasion against the best competition. So, yeah, they got Fletcher Cox coming at them from interior, but, you know, they handled Aaron Donald a few weeks ago pretty good. They've been doing a really good job against the Vikings. And, and did you guys realize between the two games against the Vikings and that game against the Rams, between those three, you know, power-packed pass, pass rushes, the Bears only allowed two sacks and five quarterback hits. That's it. Against those two teams, two games in prime time on Sunday Night Football and the game last Sunday in a high-pressure, playoff-like environment in the Dome, 
the Bears' pass protection met the ultimate challenge and negated both of those powerful pass rushes. I actually went over the Bears' pass protection in more detail in my sack watch column this week, so make sure you guys check that out on Windy City Gridiron. But let's talk about Trubisky's play to close out this uh, regular season. Uh, I've been talking about it in the last couple weeks, but but you know I think he's been money. You know these last three games, his numbers uh, they're not special, they're not eye popping if you just look at the stat line. But if you watch the games, you know you see him, you see his growth, you see how he's looked. You know back now now that he's back and he seems to be hundred percent again. Obviously. You know, the Bears have won four straight since he did come back from that shoulder injury. And I honestly don't think that shoulder was all the way back in the Rams game four weeks ago because he just seemed off. Um, whether that was uh, some rust, uh, some stiffness, or some lingering soreness in the shoulder, he just didn't look the same. He was sailing a lot of passes. Uh, he struggled through his worst night as a professional uh, that night against the Rams. But since that Sunday night football contest, uh, he's played the Packers. He's played the 49ers, and he's played the Vikings last Sunday. Trubisky's completed 76% of his passes, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating in those three games of 109.7. It was a, just To me, it's been a really nice stretch where he's played smart football. He's worked within the offense. Uh, he's taken what the defense has given him. But was it perfect football? No. You know, he, he's, he had a few stumbles here and there. Um, but it was winning football, and Trubisky executed the game plan that was laid out in front of him by his coaching staff, by head coach Matt Nagy, and, and he did what he was asked to do. So let's get back to Fangio's defense and, and how they're going to attack Peterson's offense. The Bears are going to try and impose their will on Philadelphia like they've pretty much done all season long to everyone else. You know, this defense has been the tone setters in all their wins this season. It's just such a talented group. At every level, D-line, linebacker, secondary. I just don't think the Eagles have enough to win this game. It sounds weird, uh, the the defending uh, champion Eagles not having a talent right now to stack up against the Bears. You know, but, but Ryan Pace has done a great job. I mean, this is a, a much different team that we've seen here. You know, like we talk about all the time, the rebuild is over. This team is built to win now. It's built to win in the future. Like I said, talent at every level in that defense so, so what are they going to do? They're going to try and stop Philadelphia. Who Philly has a true backfield by committee running the ball. But he, here's what, what is going on with Philly. Since they got uh, Darren Sproles back, who's an explosive player, uh, he's been injured, but he's been back now for the last few weeks, he's their wild card playmaker. You know, he, he's a running back. He's someone that, that Peterson moves all around that offense. Um, Chicago's Tariq Cohen was compared to Sproles uh, when he was coming out of North Carolina A&T, and that's really proven to be an apt comparison. Sproles, 35 years old, is doing a little bit of everything for the Eagles still at this age. He's still playing good football. And Fangio has to game plan to know where Sproles is at all times. You know, just like I've talked about Tree Cohen being impossible to cover on those option routes, that's the thing, same thing Sproles does. You know, he's, he's, he's unguardable. Uh, you have to jam him off the line if he's split out wide or, or in the slot. Uh, you got to try and pop him if he comes through the line of scrimmage, if he's coming out of the backfield. Sproles is the one guy in that offense that worries me the most. But he's not the only weapon they have. You know, ex-Bears, uh, wideout Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I know a lot of Bears fans don't want to talk about him. They don't want to hear about him. He talks a little bit of trash here and there. But he's had a nice season, and we all know the kind of player he is. You know, what, what, whatever you think about him from a personal level, 
Alshon Jeffrey, when he was in Chicago, was a pretty good football player. Yes, there was the, the soft tissue injuries that seemed to be an issue from him from time to time. But when he was on the field, he was, he was good. I mean, he made a pro ball in Chicago. Uh, he, he's a, he's a good, a good, a good football player. Uh, they also traded for, 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 uh, ex-line receiver Golden Tate, who we've seen a lot through the years. Uh, his ability to catch, uh, is, is really good there. He's, 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 a, a yards after the catch kind of guy is what Tate is. And, and, you know, as a lion, he killed the Bears through that. So, so you got Alshon Jeffrey, who's really good at going up and getting the ball. Um, and you got Golden Tate, who's really good after the catch. But their receiving corpse is not relying on one guy. Uh, it's kind of like the Bears. They want to spread it out a little bit. But what Philadelphia does is they run a lot of double tight end stuff with pro bowler Zach Ertz, who has had a fantastic season this year. Uh, you know, he's really been the go-to guy f- for them. Uh, he's racked up 1,100 yards receiving, 116 receptions. Uh, but they also have rookie tight end Dallas Goddard, who has 33 catches of his own. You know, the, the two tight end set just gives a lot of mismatch issues to a defense, which is why it was going to be a big part of what the Bears wanted to do this year before Adam Shaheen was injured. But really quick on that, I expect the Bears to increase their two tight end stuff this postseason which kind of give them a nice boost and something they really haven't got a lot of tape on, you know, from the regular season. But, but you know, back to that later. But back to the Eagles, you know, Sproles, uh, Ertz, and Goddard, you know, they're going to put a lot of pressure on the Bears inside linebackers and safeties. Uh, healthy Eddie Jackson is going to be a big plus for the Bears. He did not practice on Wednesday, but some beat writers are saying they expect him to play. He says he expects to play. Uh, we'll kind of see how he goes the rest of the week at practice. Uh, but but if he's back, and like I said, he should be back, it's a big plus for the Bears. Um, but a pass rush is going to be the key to the Bears uh, this Sunday, like it is every week. You know, Philadelphia may try and attack Nickelback Sherrick McManus a little bit, uh, so he'll have to rise to the challenge. Um, but he's done that. You know, since Bryce Callahan went down, you know, McManus has been playing like, like a steady veteran, and, and he's in, in good position every week to make plays, and uh, he has not been a liability. I know a lot of fans thought he would uh, be a problem back there, but... You know, I thought he's playing good football, and when you're a defensive back, and if you're not noticed, if you're doing your job, if that's all you're doing, that's a good thing. Overall, I just see the matchups across the board favoring the Bears this this game. You know, like I said, this is not the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, and and I'll tell you this also: this year as hell is not the same Bears team uh, from last year that lost to the Eagles. You know, 31 to three. You know, they got smoked last season. I'm sure Vic Fangio's defense. They all, a lot of those guys were here last year. I'm sure they remember that game. And those guys that played in that game are going to want a little bit of playback. Look, I'm not saying this is going to be an easy game because the Eagles have the experience edge uh, for whatever that's worth. Um, Plus, they have some playmakers I've talked about, and and they are very good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. O line, D line, Eagles are very good. But I think the Bears' defensive line can neutralize the advantage that Philadelphia's O-line usually has. And the trio of, of Kyle Long, uh, right guard, Cody Whitehair center, and rookie James Daniels at left guard who has had a fantastic season. I think these three guys can slow down the Eagles' best defender, Fletcher Cox. And if they do that, the Bears are going to move the ball. So, you know, we'll have our official WC predictions, uh, WCG predictions out at some point this week. But here's my pick for Sunday. I'm going to give it to you guys early. I got Bears 24, Eagles 13. I just think the uh, whatever magic uh, Nick Foles may have left, um, I think it's going to come to a halt. He's going to be harassed all afternoon, and the Bears are going to have multiple sacks and multiple turnovers. 
But before I get out of here, guys, I want to answer a question I got from Twitter. So King of the North John asked me two questions. It was a two-part question. Is Khalil Mack going to be able to beat down the Eagles' right tackle, Lane Johnson? And he asks, how are the Bears going to hit Foles? Short answers are yes, he's going to beat down Lane Johnson, and they're going to hit Foles a lot. Uh, but to break it down a little bit more, a healthy Mack's going to harass Nick Foles. Whether he's lined up over Johnson or on the other side against left tackle Jason Peters, who, who is a damn good blindside protector, by the way, Khalil Mack's going to get home. You know He's going to put some stress on the Eagles' pass protection. We've seen it all year long. You have to block him with more than one guy. I don't think they're going to have him in a, on an island against uh, either Peters or Johnson. You know They're going to double tight end chip him. They're going to have a tailback chip him. Fullback might chip him. Uh, they may have, bring, have a guard kick out to him. They're going to do whatever it takes to stop Khalil Mack, which has been good for Akeem Hicks, for Leonard Floyd, uh, for Eddie Goldman all year long. They're going to get home. It's just a matter of how often they're going to get home. You know, last week the Eagles uh, gave up three sacks and six quarterback hits to the Washington Redskins. On the season, Philadelphia's pass protection has kind of been middle of the pack. Uh, in sacks allowed, they allowed 40, which is 18th in the NFL. So, so, so. so. Uh, but in quarterback hits, they've allowed 102 of those. That's actually 10th in the league. You want to compare those numbers to uh, Chicago's pass protection? Uh, Chicago has been 8th best in sacks allowed this year with 33. And they're actually 2nd best in uh, allowing the fewest quarterback hits with only 64. Nick Foles has been good since taking over at quarterback these last three weeks. Uh, He was good last year when he went on a run and and won the whole thing for the Eagles. But this is going to be the best defense he's faced in a while. I just don't see any way that this Eagles team can beat this Bears team the way both teams are looking right now. I just don't see it. But let me know what you guys think. That's my time. I'm I'm all done here. This has been T-Formation Conversation. Thank you guys all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to my show at the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. Like I said, we're on iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Stitcher. Or you can find it at Art19. Make sure you leave us a rating there as well. Also, remember to follow the entire Windy City Gridiron crew on the Twitter at WC Gridiron. And give me a follow as well on Twitter. You can find me at WiltfongJR. So until next time, hopefully we're talking about a a Bears win. Bear down, my friends. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.